everyone. Welcome back to Mission Daily. How's it going, Albert? Listen, I'm feeling good because we've got some money now in our new bank. Hopefully this bank doesn't collapse, but we did choose another regional. I know a lot of people fled to, I think, the big, big banks. Mm -hmm. We chose a regional. Stephanie picked it. State of North Carolina. Big shout out. Right to Wilmington area. That's an intense 72 hours, I would say. But (laughs) I feel like actually all of this is for the best. We got to kind of, you know, look at everything differently. Um, which also is bringing up this interesting conversation today that I wanted to dive into that, you know, will either make people love us or hate us by the end of it, especially (laughs) if they work at one of these. But I posed the question, just everyone's like, what are you talking about stuff? I posed the question earlier to Albert, like, do we even need credit rating agencies anymore? And so when I say credit rating agencies, I mean like Moody's, Fitch, S&P, companies like that who literally look at any company and they Mm -hmm. give it a credit rating, a credit worthiness score. They're essentially telling you how risky is this company. Triple A, double A, A rated, you know, I think they go down to D, which is junk. Yep. Yeah. And so I was looking at the news today and I, or maybe yesterday, I saw these credit rating agencies all of a sudden are taking these banks and, you know, I'm sure other companies do, but taking a lot of these banks that were maybe triple A rated and they're like literally last week. <laughs> last week, triple A rated, and they are bringing them down to junk status, which of course in turn is making stock prices, you know, I mean, literally go down 50, 60, 80%. And I was like, man, these credit agency, rating agencies have a lot of influence. And yet they didn't have any indicators that these banks, you know, were maybe having some financial issues. And I started looking into the history and I was like, wait, they also got it wrong in 08. Wait, they also got it wrong. Anytime there's ever been a downturn, these rating agencies are just catching up. And so my whole question today is like, why do we even have these anymore? Why do we trust agencies like this? Because if you can't get ahead of it and forecast a little bit for me, are you even doing your job? So let's attack this question. So personal to network to broad. I guess, because yeah. I always say, like, if it's not applicable to you personally, then it won't matter broadly. Mm-hmm. So I personally don't use them, right? Like, I've never I've never looked at a bank and even assumed it's less than AAA rated. Now, maybe that's my naivety. Is that even a word? I probably said that wrong. It's fine. That's a word. Sound right. Hey, listen, English ain't my first language. So, you know, I feel like I'm doing okay. <laughs> yeah, you get a lot of freedom to say what you want. <laughs> but I don't personally look at them. I, I mean, I'm already, like, at the point now where I believe if you have multiple <laughs> You're doing fine by it. And and I think when we were talking about this is like, because if we go broader and like, what would I recommend? I would only recommend things that I experienced, right? But even if you were to go really wide and let's use, let's use a collapse of a recent bank, you know, SVB, but I'll go back further. Something of even bigger institutions, such as, um, you know, like a Bear Stearns, a Lehman Mm -hmm. Brothers. Uh, The reality is Goldman Sachs possibly would have gone under had it not got a government bailout. These are institutions that have, you know, by financially, they're the biggest institutions in the world by total assets under management. They're, they have huge numbers of employees, customers. Nobody is telling you they're not doing a good job. And then you find out the, the cold hard truth about these rating agencies, what happened in the 2008 downturn, the housing crisis, was that companies were paying, these big banks were paying Morningstar, were paying the the bond or mutual fund, the portfolio raters, like they were giving them money to get a good rating. And Mm -hmm. it's still happening today. I know it is. And then like 
because we've been offered this. It, it, it's happened in every. If the business, if the business makes money by giving ratings, the ratings are for sale. We've been offered by, we, you know, <laughs> rhymes with partner. Hey, do you want to be in the upper quadrant? Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Are we being we selected? Do. Oh wait, no. Oh no, no we didn't select you. I'm saying I can put you in the upper quadrant if you can pay my fee. You know what I'm saying, partner? Partner, what's up? Can you can you pay it? No. Bottom quad. Okay, we're gonna put you in the bottom. Yep, <laughs> bottom bottom left. Bottom quad, you suck. <laughs> yep, yep. That's how this whole game works. That's why it's interesting is that everyone who is getting these ratings is paying these rating agencies, and yet there's so much influence and impact that comes from these dang ratings that I'm like, I am thinking about the everyday investor who maybe is investing in some of these regional banks or whatever it is that get impacted because they're like, hey, why did this stock just drop seventy percent? It's like, oh, that's just because uh, S&P decided to rate that bank junk junk <laughs> status now. And it's like, so it does, I think, impacts a lot of people who are just trying to invest, yet you don't have the same information and you have all these external forces that can literally mess with your portfolio, um, even if it maybe isn't even true. It's like these banks were fine a week ago and now all of a sudden there's- On rating, yeah. on rating. On rating, I mean, they, yeah, their asset rating. class blended and changed. Their asset, you know what I mean? Like they didn't change, they didn't have massive shifts in their investment strategy and reallocations of money or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So the real question then is how, what, what would you want to do? Because mm-hmm. I agree with you that the, you know, like one of our, our producer, Lacey, she said, you know, but 99% of the time these things are right. Or we, we, we assume they're right because nothing bad has happened. And I said, that's true too. And so like for me, I say like I'm not even part of the evaluation process or those things aren't, excuse me, a part of the evaluation process to me. But I, I, I think to myself and you, you pose the question like what should be done to solve it? Not what can be done. Like what should be done? And then let's see like hopefully someone listening out there is like that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to solve yeah. this problem. Yeah, yeah. I mean I, I think if we were to take it away from these – credit rating agencies, because that is a one, you know, one case scenario and think about like applying it to general life. Um, I mean, you know, we always say trust, but verify, but I think that's important if you are heavily invested in a certain space, we'll call it real estate, we'll call it stocks, we'll call it whatever you might be personally investing in. I just feel like you should ask more questions about who are you following in that space? Who are the people that have the biggest influence over that industry? Um, and even if everyone says that is the trusted source, that's the place you go. Like just asking questions or listening to your intuition of like, is that really someone that I should be listening to? Or should that person determine the whole market's movement? And is that a bad thing? Or I, I just think more questions could be asked. But what's interesting right now, I think we're in a very cool time because knowledge is becoming a lot more decentralized. A lot more people are having access to information that they never could have access before. There's technologies coming into place where people actually can analyze that data. Like it's not all behind closed doors like it has been. And so I think it's a really interesting time where, I mean, we mentioned in previous episodes that someone on Twitter called the SVB stuff before it happened. And so I think there's kind of like micro analysts, micro influencers in every space who actually have a lot more information um, and that you can kind of find and follow if that's you know a space that you care about. Um, because now the individual could have just as much access as, you know, a credit rating agency, for example, or, you know, whatever it might be. So I think it's actually an exciting time, but a good time also to check in with like, 
who are the people that I'm following every day or listening to and how much of my life is being guided off of that. Yeah. The way I think of it is trust is just such a big part of our lives. So for example, you said like, you know, evaluate who you're listening to. But the reality is like, if I'm not smart enough to evaluate the asset class, why would I be smart enough to evaluate the evaluators? And it's a very challenging thing. The thing I like about this rise of micro, well, I don't even call them like, you know, individuals, right? So it's (laughs) like, what are, don't trust companies. Companies are just made up of individuals. It's the people in these companies with the roles that dictate what the companies do. So what you're really trying to look for is these individuals. And what I really like about the way things are going is that individuals are more openly declaring what they believe. Mm -hmm. And they're more openly declaring how they found this information out. And they're more openly declaring what what stats or what models they are. And and by them making calls, and I can see like, you know, like a batting rate, right? Like if you're consistently right, I start to trust you quite a bit. And so Twitter has magically become this place of like finding out who to follow. Um, I mentioned before, like that guy, Dylan LeClaire, literally saved me, you know, tens of thousands of dollars because he kind of hinted at like, yo, SVB is about to collapse. And I was like, how does he even know this? I don't know, but he's been right all the time. I'm going to pull my mm-hmm. money out. I don't really know if he's right or wrong, but my gut tells me he's right because he's been right consistently. And yep, so- yep. I think that's an exciting time where all these people are openly declaring. I think the hardest part is your, because, you know, for every good news, for every, there's always the counter, right? For every point A, there's going to be anti-A. So pro-A, anti-A. It doesn't matter what it is. There's always, there's very few things that have consensus because if there's consensus, you don't really need to think about it at all. So it's more like, are people going to be able to... um, get in modes or evaluation modes where they can themselves evaluate the individuals because it's, it's uh, I agree. There is the, the smartest people in the room no longer need a company to pay them. So it's mm-hmm. no longer the companies that are the smartest companies. It's like the smartest people are the smartest people, which yep, is yep. kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. And I think there's going to continue to be technologies that come out that show track records of people who are making claims because i mean we've seen this before oh, where be someone cool. goes and they yeah they oh, make evaluation a declaration. criteria of individuals yeah like i based yeah. off of you've made i mean think about the amount of people we talked about this it's gotta have no feelings they, though it can't be for sale no yeah it can't be for sale it just needs to be like you've made 50 tweets um and 48 of them are actually ended up being false this one took five years to be false but you were false right um, because so many people on twitter we saw this where people will make it you know put a tweet out there and then delete it and then we're like, you only know because of the screenshot where it's like, hey, weren't you just telling everyone to keep your money in SVB? You told everyone to keep it in there and that you had, he, what, he 14 million? He, he didn't tell anyone. He was just like, I am. Oh, okay, fine. I am. But also he's an influencer, which also means it's going to influence quite a few people. Oh, yeah. But then deletes it afterwards. And that to me is something that will get cleaned up with all the technology Sorry, coming out. I broke out. my chair. Wow. What happened over there? Uh, I weigh a lot. <laughs> the chair okay. gave up. The chair gave uh, up. It was like, I'm tired of carrying your ass. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're back with us <laughs> and didn't fracture any hips or anything. Um, but yeah, I, I think the technology is advancing to a place now where that will, like there will be types of leaderboards. And then the next like exploration of this is how to find those people. Because I still think that's the hard thing. I don't know how yeah. you stumble on someone like a Dylan LeClaire or, you know, like other than just keeping up and following the right people, I guess. But how how do you think we can find these, you know, we'll call them micro analyst influencers 
So there's whatever. Well, I'm just thinking about what needs to be true in order for this to happen. Dylan LeClaire talks about Bitcoin. Well, everyone can track the price of Bitcoin. So Mm -hmm. it's easier to follow his predictions of what's happening because he makes he makes more like, let's say, macro predictions. It's really hard to follow people that do things in private. So like, uh, let's say, ad buying or Mm -hmm. e-commerce, direct e-commerce. Right. A lot of people like to use screenshots, but I mean, screenshots can be doctored like that's. Mm-hmm. Like you can show me a Shopify site that's, uh, you know, I don't know, one of the bigger selling companies and then just claim it's yours because they just kind of yeah. show like the sales graph. It's like, yeah, but I don't know what you did. Like, that's just the graph. I mean, <laughs> like, it yeah. could be anything. So yeah. those are harder things to verify. Um, but I, I, I do like this concept of the people that do large investing real estate investing, things that you can really see in public. Um, I like seeing when people talk about the negotiate there there are like for example small business influencers in my opinion that talk about acquiring small businesses that will actually publish mm-hmm. the uh, pro formas or they'll publish the PLs of the companies they're acquiring and yep. says hey we're looking for ratios like this now I don't know where to find them but <laughs> but yeah. but it gives a good it gives it helps you learn I think really quickly because they have a lot of evidence that demonstrates that they have this capability as far as like how to find them, Maybe in the future, there's going to be some type of evaluation tool or or some type of like, I don't know, like a consumer reports of influencers. I don't know. I've always loved consumer reports, by the way. Um, Consumer reports is the, the, you know, they grade products, but they won't accept advertising because they like to say Mm -hmm. that their, um, their, their reports are unbiased. It's sad for them because people don't subscribe, like their subscriptions have continuously fallen. So, and it just kind of. It kind of demonstrates either we're too lazy. I don't know what that says about people, but you know, I, I always think like, do people really want these evaluations? I don't know. I feel like back to the top of the, to the conversation, the number one reason why a uh, let's say a Goldman Sachs wants something triple A rated is because they want to raise money against it. Mm-hmm. So they yep. pay someone to get triple A rated, and then they're like, oh, look at this fund. Hey, yep. Stephanie, introduce me to your friend that has a lot of money. I'm going to put money into a triple A thing. It's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I literally think it's used to oh, yeah, it de-risk. Is. Yeah. So I will put money in it. It's like, whether it's risky or not. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I know. Um, well, yeah, it's the signal certain things to the market. Well, I think when it comes to finding people, though, I also think Substacks are a really good spot to find new and emerging people. I, I don't know if you've gotten on there, but I follow a bunch of newsletters from just individuals. Um, and I just go to the different keywords. I, I only follow Trunk just... Van because he's a shit talker, but I love it. Okay. Oh, yeah. But I'm like, <laughs> I think that's a cool spot to find people who are like really many of which doing the work, getting into the oh, leads yeah. on like, you know, very niche topics that, um, yeah, I just think. And then eventually I think those people end up blowing up once they get their following and you kind of see what they do afterwards. But um, I think that's a good spot to start to find people. And then, of course, Twitter, if you can go down the right rabbit holes on Twitter to yeah. find the right people. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of noise. Yeah. In 2006, in 2006, 2005, my father-in-law, who was a real estate developer, started following, and I forget who this person was, but this is obviously predates Twitter. He started following this blog of, that was kind of predicting the housing, the, the mortgage rate, the mortgage crisis mm-hmm. that was looming. And yeah. the guy had un imaginable amounts of data. It wasn't clear. I was like, how did he get this? And he's like, I don't know. He, he has it somehow. And, mm-hmm. and then I would ask him like, well, how do you know it's right? It's like, it feels right. <laughs> he's like, cause he's like, I know a little, cause he's a real estate developer. So he knows a little bit and he's like, yeah. all the people I know have similar stories and charts and ratios that look like this. 
mm-hmm. this guy might be right. And he was kind of predicting the crash. Ultimately, my father-in-law didn't do anything with that information, neither did I. But had we, we would have made out like Michael Burry because, I mean, obviously people knew what was going to happen, right? And had you shorted these companies that he listed, I mean, like, I I don't even know. It might have been Michael Burry. I have no clue (laughs) because I can't remember who it was. But the guy was like spot on. AIG will collapse. This will collapse. Mm -hmm. That will collapse. Countrywide financial. And I'm like, where's this guy now? Where was he? I don't know. I I, <laughs> yeah. I just remember. I just it just brought that memory to my mind of like how it's probably always been this way. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's always been that person inside of Goldman Sachs, yeah. inside of Moody's, in, that was just beyond brilliant. And yep. their information was then obfuscated because it became Goldman's information. It became mm-hmm. uh, it became the evaluation company's information. But with modern tools, these individuals, when they realize they're the ones, mm-hmm. they can step out. And, um, yep. you know, I think in the past, most of the people that could step out, they kind of did their own thing. Like, you know, the David Teppers, the the dude that mm-hmm. did Renaissance Technology, like they started their own funds and kind of kept that information for themselves. So it's kind of cool seeing this new wave of super intelligent analysts that are broadcasting their information because they're like, this is actually the fastest way I can make money for myself or whatever. Yep. Yep. Super interesting. All right. Well, very intriguing conversation. I feel like I'm going to now go and keep trying to find more of these people to follow. So if you find anyone good, you tell me. You, if anyone listening you know finds people good, the right one. I have no idea. Well, <laughs> we'll find out, I guess. Give me five years and we'll have a track record. And this then we'll have that guy. tool built. This, yeah, is, my this guy. is the one. <laughs> my tool will be built. Someone listening will build the tool. We've already had good success of people listening and saying, hey, I'm already building that. So if anyone's building that, let us know. All right. Then um, now, now you got to give shout outs. Like, who are you following that you find, like, you feel like they always seem to know what they're talking about? Man, let me go on my, you have to give me a second now. All right. While you're looking up, I will shout out some Twitter handles that I just think are very smart. The first one, okay. of course, I've already shouted out is at Dylan LeClaire. I mean, he seems to always know what he's talking about um, when it comes to Bitcoin. I follow also Plan B, uh, mm-hmm. Plan B Trillionaire. Uh, he has this stock to flow model. I don't know if he's right, but I really hope he is. Uh, <laughs> I've not I've not done anything with Plan B's information other than um, he just seems to always know what he's talking about. There's another person I follow quite a bit, and it's uh, it's have you seen this wave of people that don't reveal who they are? Uh, yeah, I have seen that, yeah. Okay, so Strip Mall Guy is like, in my opinion, the best real estate follow there is. Like the guy always seems to know what's going on. Uh, okay. He's an avatar. <laughs> uh, he go like his. It's at real estate Trent, and he uh-huh. goes by strip mall guy, and it's a little avatar, and he always talks about strip malls specifically as an asset class. And man, he really does seem to always know the answer. Like he, <laughs> I follow good. him. If I if. He's and and apparently there are people who know who he is. Like he sells uh, dinners and stuff. Like I think mm-hmm. they cost a couple thousand bucks to go attend. But this is him. I'm showing him on my screen right now. Strip mall guy, candidly oh, sharing okay. 20 years of real estate knowledge. Neighborhood strip center fund general partner, as featured in the Real Deal, tweets her opinions, not advice. He seems to be really on it. That's good. Everything. All right. Well, those are some good recommendations. I will save my recommendations for next time because we are at time. So thanks everyone for tuning in. We will see you guys next time.
Hey, listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word, and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.